0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show, brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. And today's episode 263, Scale Your Consulting Business Internationally with Ketan Makwana. Ketan is a really good friend. He's um, an experienced entrepreneur, an uh, international speaker, and investor that has started, scaled and sold multiple ventures. He started Enterprise Lobbies 2011 in a bid to bridge the skill gap in enterprise and entrepreneurship. His company now operates across the world, procuring projects from 21 countries and delivering services to 150,000 people every year. Um, Ketan also is the person who first trained me, my very first paid contract that I've ever had as a coach uh, when I was working with young people um, about man, eight years ago, eight, nine years ago. Um so it's been great just seeing um um having him back on on this show uh, to talk about uh, how to start a global consulting business, how to scale a global consulting business, and also how to win large contracts when uh, more established and bigger companies are bidding for it. These are some of the things that you are going to learn today. Uh, on top of many more uh, by listening to how Ketan um, was able to build uh, his company and his business. Uh, before you go ahead, if you want to build a highly profitable coaching, speaking, or training business, you must download our Expert Business Checklist. Um, it's the best tool that you can use for your expert business, where you will take a full assessment of your business and know exactly what to focus on, to go to the next level um so you can click the link in the show notes to download it will take a full assessment and you will ex- know exactly what to do next in your business because when you have clarity then uh, all the fears all the doubts all the insecurities they go away leaving space for <laughs> excitement and action taking and actually the results that you want so make sure you download it in the show notes As well, if you want to connect with Ketan, uh, the links are in the show notes, so make sure that you connect with him. And without further ado, i let you enjoy the episode. Have a fantastic day and enjoy episode 263, Scale Your Consulting Business Internationally with Ketan Makwana. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. I'm here with my good friend, Ketan Makwana. How are you doing, Ketan?
1: I'm really good, Simone. How are you?
0: I mean, happy new year. We are starting here is 2020, a new decade, a A new new decade. decade. Wow. So I, I just, before we introduce like... Okay, because uh, I want to just to, to pre frame for everyone that doesn't know this incredible man that I have in front of me today. Um, it, it was the, the person that trained me on my very, very first uh, speaking engagement and contract <laughs> work that I've ever had. Um, was that about like eight years ago? Oh, yeah, probably, was, probably, probably lo- longer. Um, that, uh no nine years ago
1: yes. nine years ago yeah nine, nine years. years
0: ago geez man nine years ago
1: <laughs>
0: it's almost a decade
1: So it's been a decade it's, it's
0: been, been a decade, a decade. <laughs> it's been a decade so like, uh, let's start with a, with a bit of an icebreaker right now. Uh, what were you doing? That probably, uh, you, I don't know if you've done your post online, you know, that the review of the decade, of the past 10 years or not, but w- w- what was happening in your life uh, 10 years ago at the beginning of the other decade? Wow, so
1: 2010, wow, what can I say? Um, well, I would, have, uh, I would have sold my first company um, I'd start, I was just starting enterprise lab, um, or the basis of enterprise lab. And, uh, we were starting to work within the youth sector. So we're doing a lot of work with, uh, the national citizen service and all those kind of areas. So 10 years ago, it was, it was kind of still finding my feet, finding my way, knowing what we wanted to do, but definitely still disrupting, you know, disrupting the space for sure. So another sort of 10 years on, I guess, wow, it's, uh. Still the same thing, I guess. Really, still going out there, challenging convention along the way. So, um, <laughs> ten years! I can't believe
0: it. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like well, disruption is new, uh, so you cannot uh, take it all It's take, you cannot take it away from you. Um, so, how? What's the difference now? Like, tell us a bit more about like what's the difference. Uh, like, what what kind of projects are you involved now? And uh, um, so that people can have a bit of uh, an awareness yeah, of what you're what you're up to.
1: No, my journey is. Changed obviously a lot over the last 10 years. Um, I mean, starting and selling my first company, um, was an interesting, um, act exercise and activity. I didn't really know what I was doing at that time. Um, you create something, you don't know how far you can take it. Someone else comes in and offers you and you think, Okay, fine. You know, you're going to go down that line. Mm-hmm. I think, um, uh, when I started Enterprise Lab, things started to change. What
0: company was that? Uh, what company did you so sell?
1: I, uh, I used to have a, um, I lost my job in two thousand and eight um, due to the recession and um, I became self employed, went on became a contractor, providing healthcare uh, consultancy into the healthcare market. Mm-hmm. I started to bite off more than I can chew as most people do um, mm-hmm. and um, I found myself stuck with not being able to service contracts that I'd pretty much sold. Right. Um, so I started an outsourcing agency uh, which uh, called market which we really worked on sales marketing and looking at operational success for projects within the healthcare sector. We started to expand out into many different areas and then uh, within sort of six to eight months of um, starting the business we had about three hundred outsourced professionals uh, who are self-employed that were kind of taking or tackling projects for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was at this point, uh, um, um, as we started to grow fundamentally, I, I got in touch with, uh, uh, with the next dragon and, uh, and, you know, they were starting their own venture partner program. I thought they were in resourcing. I was in outsourcing. We thought there is a way of doing some work together. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of found out that actually they they really appreciated the system that I had designed and they made an offer um, to take take on the system. So I was kind of like, I was at that stage as a businessman yeah. where I didn't really know where I was going, what I was doing. And I thought to myself, maybe that this is the right time to sell this business, primarily because uh, maybe these people can take it forward and do something better with it. Um, for me, it also marked a, a, a kind of a, put a, a marker in my or a chapter in my, yeah. in my life experience to say that, okay, you've designed something that people want, you've developed it and you can move on. So, so I kind of gave me, it gave me a little bit more freedom to think about what I wanted to do moving forward. So coming into the, that, that decade, uh, in 2020, uh, sorry, 2010, mm-hmm. um, I really kind of opened myself up more to, um, to what what I could uh, could achieve uh, in, in different areas, and that's where kind of I guess enterprise lab was born. It was it was born on the on the premise of actually trying to make change um, in the, in a pre existing world, and we focused primarily on young people, you know, the future generation. That's where it landed, and that only came, really came about because I felt I needed to go back and maybe tell my story or tell education levers that you know i'm not educated i didn't finish university yeah. it doesn't mean that your answer's out there and the grass so is yeah, yeah
0: and your life and your life is ended now like you have no more opportunities there is nothing more for you but the, yeah you know, exactly you can so, create something for yourself
1: exactly so we kind of looked down that line and i guess the last 10 years have been interesting because the journey um i've taken as a as a business owner Has become is is kind of moved from that kind of Robert Kiyosaki model of self-employed to solopreneur to business owner to now being more kind of the investor. I'm I'm more invested into my business. I'm I'm a lot more relaxed. I'm a lot more frugal. Um, You know, I don't. It's not always about spending money and having the flash. It's it's really about reinvesting and growing, um, growing the business. We we. I've learned a lot of things along the way, you know, in terms of how to burn yourself out completely, toxicity, all sorts of things. Um, And, you know, we are here today coming into a new decade, a very different proposition. We are, um, we're much, much more aggressive in the market. We are delivering um, a lot of impact in, in a lot of different ways and uh, I myself am a lot happier, uh, as you can see.
0: <laughs> so you uh, you talked about burnout. Um, was that uh, two thousand seventeen? From
1: uh... yeah, so two thousand seventeen was um, well. There's there's a couple of things. You know, I mean, I went through um, you know through a whole period in uh, 2013, 2014, when I got malaria after excessive travel to Africa. Uh, that almost killed me. And I was told, you know, you're not going back to Africa. I was embargoed by my family, but also I was like, you know, you know you've got to change the way you're working. But I didn't yeah. really change. I just kind of did it for a little while and then went back to the old way of doing things. Um, and we got to around 2017 and that's when it really hit. So I spent, I spent about eight months of the year traveling the world. I know it sounds glamorous. Uh, I, I did over 160,000 miles of travel, uh, five continents, 42 cities, 250 keynotes and projects that I was involved with in, in that time. Um, I hadn't even finished my, my roster of work and travel. Uh, by the time I'd come back from Hong Kong, which incidentally I'd got through from via Guatemala, so I went from minus seven in, mm-hmm. to GMT to plus eight in, in three days. Yeah. Um, I just went completely dark in my head. I just, you know, I, I just wanted to get under a cover. Not, I do not want to eat. Do you want to drink? I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm doing nothing. And it really, it really shook me up and we needed to change things. So, um, so I, I adapted the model. Um, I, I had to look within myself and say, you know, it's either you're going to kill yourself trying to do these things, or you're going to have to, You're going to have to kill the way you do your business. And I chose the latter. Um, You know, I still have the interest of impact and legacy and everything that I do. However, we do it very differently now. You know, it's all about bringing other people into the business. So I went back to my original, ironically, the original company that I had, which was a project management company. We now procure projects and we outsource those projects to experts. That are from our network. They do the work, our clients receive the service, and we are uh, uh, continuously allowed to, uh, to expand. It also means I don't have to be in eight different places at the same time. I can
0: actually yeah. be. It's, it's way is way more manageable. And I think that everyone is listening right now. They can think about a moment where they where I was men, mentioning before. They were biting way more than they could chew. That they overextended themselves because um, there is something addictive when you get momentum in your business. Uh, there is something addictive to that uh, when yeah. you, when, you, when you're seeing the result. When you're seeing you know you're cold left, right, and center and you don't kind of don't want to miss that opportunity but at what cost
1: well it's interesting you say that to because um the word busyness or business is into the business uh, busyness i think what happens when people first start off is they have this enthusiasm and excitement and there's the uncertainty and they have this motivation and this drive then it kind of dips down a little bit. you get this little bit of a lull. Sometimes perhaps you're not getting the kind of clients that you expected or, uh, or you're not getting the red, the fees that you thought you could. And then you start questioning yourself, am I good enough? And all this kind of mm-hmm. self-sabotage starts happening. Then you kind of really put, you find your groove, you find something, you find someone, you, you, you either a mentor or a business partner or a client comes along and all of a sudden, whoosh, you go onto this upward trend. The problem is you become very busy in what you're doing. So I was busy traveling around the world. I was busy trying to go from here, there and everywhere saying yes to everything. Whereas the power Mm -hmm. of no was a lot more effective, but not the power of no of saying, no, I can't work with you. No, I can't work with you in this current way. That was the difference in what goes on from here. Now, you know, the, people say the hardest thing is getting to your first million in terms of revenue. Actually, it's the hardest is getting to your first hundred thousand. That's, mm-hmm. that's the truth yeah. of it. From that's there, what you've got to do is you've got to move away and remove yourself from the business. Because once you get to a six-figure earning, you have designed a system that works. And what you've got to do is then build that system into your business and start to get others to build, work off that system. Oh. And and then that's where scalability yeah. kind of comes on from, from there. So, you know, one of the things that we, I've learned uh, over the years is, you know, you don't have to be the center of your company. You don't have to be the nucleus and the epicenter. You can be the heart and the drive and the motivation and inspiration, but tomorrow you become part of your business as opposed to the whole part, uh, the whole thing. And this system that we have built allows us all to work, to our best capabilities and our best abilities mm-hmm. and, and, pre- and, and, and perform in a way which allows us to take the company and what we do um, to newer heights in, in, in different ways. So, so that that's
0: something that you know it makes uh, it it may and it makes perfect sense on yeah. uh, on on the on the journey. Now there are two stages because now with enterprise lab you do mainly like a really large contract or um, uh, with uh, with governments you work with governments you work with councils yeah. in the public sector you work in the private sector with large organizations. Yeah, and and so. Uh, there is. You mentioned one thing, which is the first step uh, on the scale process, which is uh, the removing yourself out of the equation. Yeah. But there is always um, uh, that. Uh, uh, at the beginning, there is that thing, but no one can do things as well as I can do. Yeah. All, that's only me. And, and, and in you particular, know, right. you know, you are, you, you are in an industry which is a, is not like a product industry. It's a service-based industry. Yeah. It's an industry that a lot of time, in particular our industry, is based on strong personal brands. Yeah. And so there is this trap that uh, this industry creates for us if we don't find a way to escape it that uh, now people want you they want your demand or we think or we think or we position everything so that people want us for some ego trips or whatever or just because that's what we're used to yeah so let's talk about the first step what uh, makes this transition possible from uh, it's just me to i think Um, these
1: you you hit a very important point when it comes down to this look you know no one can do it as good as me um um there is a little bit of your inner ego that will push you this way. And, and I'll be honest with you. It's not just about e- your ego. There's also a fear. It's the, not the fear of failure. It's the fear of success. Actually what will my business look like if I'm not even in it anymore? What if, what it what if, what if it does hit the markers? People are more scared to take action because of what they're going to become rather than failing. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's for us, you know, um, We The first bit of advice I give on on, on this on when you're going into that part where you have a system and you're moving towards scaling is you've got to also think about um, diversifying your revenue generating exercises. So right now, you could be a coach, you could be a consultant, you could be a single or a two-person business uh, where both of you are going out doing certain things. The technical part of your business is coming through you. However, if you start to think about how you diversify your revenue, if you create different ways, so you could have workshops, you could have consulting um, hours, you could have projects, you could have books, you can have ebook, I don't know, whatever, all these multiple different revenue streams. Now, what happens is you start to apply your genius into those systems, which means what you're doing is you're producing products and services that don't need you physically there. But... Mm -hmm has this whole part of your personal brand attached to it. Now what that allows you then to do is to create more and more um, uh, revenue in in different and diverse ways. So normally what I tend to do is I draw out a, a pyramid and it's not a pyramid scheme, but or a triangle if you want to think of it this way, cut it into three sections. And there are three areas, levels that we talk about in terms of how you scale your business. The first one is do it yourself, okay? The second one is we do it together. And the third one is done for you, okay? Now, this is a typical marketing uh, structure, but we actually use this in operation of your business. The the DIY process is where you produce all your genius and you take it out. I mean, GTEx do it. You know, you guys Mm -hmm. do it. You've got it in your booklets and, and the guides and things that you build. And what you do is you put that back out into the market and say, do you know what? I really really want to work with you, but I just don't have the time, the capacity, or I shouldn't really be at that level anymore because you're kind of in high demand, but we can start our relationship with you from here. We'll give you the insights. You get on with it yourself. You DIY. Now, the truth is most people in the world want answers. That's all they want. They want you to show them how to do something. The clarity. That's what they say. That's 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 what what they want. That's what they say. So what happens is the next level of that pyramid is actually called we do it together. Now, on a we do it together, it's a situation where we, it's the customer saying, okay, you've given me the answers, but I still don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm like, okay, do you need a bit of help? Yes, okay, we need, you know, I need some help. That's what the customer's telling you. So the we do it together, This is where you start to scale out in terms of your resources. This is the the Simone Vincenzi system or the Kat McCona system or whatever it needs to be, Mm -hmm. but it's gonna be delivered by A, B and C, okay? Mm -hmm. So these are accredited resources who are trained in your system and they're the people that work with the client now. You are now taking a percentage of whatever sale is going on there. So typically the way we work is we, we would bill uh, mentoring you know by the hour. Uh, we'll have an expert that will deliver the mentoring. We give them a proportion of that hourly fee and we keep the rest. So what happens is your business is growing even while you're not doing the work there. Mm-hmm. And then eventually what happens is people start to say to you, mm, yes, I know you're here helping me, showing me how to do it, but really, honestly, I've got the answers, I've got you as a resource to help me. But truthfully, I just need you to do it for me. I have
0: no inclination
1: whatsoever to do it. I don't it.
0: have the time. I'm too busy to implement it. Uh, or I just like would take me longer to even work together. So yeah. just get it done. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the top of your pyramid. And really what you should have is a
1: small customer base, but a very high fee. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll take my time now. I'll invest my time and do it for you. So if you think of it, if we were doing a route down to, um, you know, how to create a 2 million pound business, for example, I would have 10 clients at 10 grand a month, um, for 10 months in my done for you system. That's a million just at the top. Okay. Now that's normally done by the senior experts of the business in the middle. Now you create a bank of thousands of hours that you are selling and you're keeping 50 to 55% of the revenue that you're generating there. Mm -hmm. And then you create tens of thousands of the people doing the DIY at a three-figure price, okay? Now, if you do the math on all of those, you can get up to a a, a multiple seven, well, not multiple seven, but I would say a a two million pound business you can generate, and guess what? You're only putting your time at the top, which means you're only expending, um, X number of hours per day per month. And this is the whole work smart, not hard type of uh, the thing. So most, most people, um, what happens is they get to a stage of their, of their business career and they, and when they hit this, this point, it kind of pivots one of Mm -hmm. two ways. You either stay in that zone and it sounds boring and it sounds like it's going to be rubbish and it's like okay i'm making six figures i'm happy i can pay my bills yeah, i right. can do this and how i'm just I gonna keep, i'm to okay. just keep on that circle you have to keep going around on that circle
0: yeah but
1: most people's ambition is no i want to be multinational i want to make a million i want to do this i want to do that but they just don't understand how to make that transitional tra- transactional change and that's where that this kind of system needs to be put into place you need to start thinking of right, I need multiple revenue streams, I need to create multiple systems, I need to resource those systems, and I need, most importantly Simone, to get out of my own way. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the worst part. The thing is, we created this business, we, we feel that we are the father or the mother of this business, we own it, it's ours, and no one can do things the way we can do. The minute you start to bring in these kind of systems, it's amazing how much things flourish and change. Uh, and,
0: uh, and how much actually people can prove that they can do sometimes, actually, they work way better than you can. <laughs> It is but that's a, the thing. You can't be you can't I, be a
1: genius at everything. Ab- absolutely.
0: You know? now, we had um, we went through this process in the past two years um, because we went uh, so we got 15 people working with us in our team, yeah. and uh, also we started branching out in other industry and uh, taking shares of other companies. So we have actually now an investment branch of Gita, yeah. So we have three companies in our portfolio. We are exactly. uh, shareholders yeah. of the other companies that are in in other industry. I was just like. Companies that we are there, they are there to grow and sell yeah. uh, as an investment, and uh, the pr- what I found uh, during the process of, uh, you know, getting the people to deliver the training, uh, just me being lead generation at the moment, and then having all the training delivered by others, there was a kind of a loss of identity mm-hmm. that I had to go through because uh, I didn't, I couldn't really see where my place was anymore in the business. Right, like I was doing all these things, and now like. I say that you can do it, but I will always have my say on that. And I was, (laughs) I was literally like stopping my team from doing stuff because I say, yeah, you can do it, but let me know how you're doing it. Right. uh, Or no, 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 don't do it this way. Do it in the other way. And um, it came from a place where like, I don't know what my place is anymore.
1: Well, well, the thing, this is your, your, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's this loss of identity. Who am I anymore? Mm What, you know, so I have clients that we work with who come in, um, who come through and, you know, when in our pre-consultation, I say, right, okay, what is it you want to be in 12 months? Do you want to be sitting on a beach? Do you want to be doing this? Do you want to be doing this? And they describe this whole thing. And I'm like, you do realize that in order to change your life to, yeah. to have that, you're going to have to change your life in business. And they go, what do you mean? I said, you're going to get to a stage where you're going to say to me, Ken, I don't know what I should be doing in my business anymore. And when people are at that stage, that, or they feel, I feel guilty that I'm not doing anything in my business. I'm like, congratulations. Welcome to the world of... Welcome to the, (laughs) welcome (laughs)
0: to the, to the business owner world. Yeah, exactly. And and, and, and it was a fascinating, it was a total fascinating, I mean, it's a fascinating experience. And, uh, um, and so now I want to go to the, now, let's say we were we're putting these things in place. Yeah, yeah. So we are creating, we are growing the team, so now that's the that's where the business mm. is at. You you mentioned uh, I want to you now switch topics and talk about uh, the the contracts. So you're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. like a, a big contracts that you're doing and I want to have an awareness and ask you a bit more about the word that uh, what's the this this word of the contracts where uh that you get you said you know it takes way longer to get in um yeah there are a lot of moving pieces of the puzzle so give us a bit more light on that
1: so so before we go into that obviously um it's important that you look at what your scalability system is and when you are scaling the first question you have to ask yourself is what are you scaling and why you're scaling that because you can scale revenue You can scale resource, you can scale contracts, you can scale uh, profit, you can scale all these different areas. You can't do all of it at the same time. Now, when we we started looking at scalability, we looked at scale of resource because I thought the more experts I have in my system uh, or in my network, the people that could deliver the service, the more contracts I can go for, the better contracts we can go for, the, uh, the, more, um, uh, the more effective our revenues will be, the better our profits will be. So everything had a domino effect that goes alongside with it. But you have to pick one area. So if you say, right, I wanna scale my revenue, that could mean that you're selling a lot of the same stuff but just more of it in, in multiple different ways. Improving your profit is one in one ways. So I feel the easiest way to scale is resource. Scale with your experts and people first because the more, m- the more people you have delivering your system, the more chances you have, you're gonna get more customers and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So this naturally led towards becoming, um, we, you know, we couldn't just stay in the market and say, right, we're gonna do one-to-one stuff all the time. I needed to look at one-to-many. So um, so what I started to do is explore the world of public sector contracting and looking at uh, more private, larger sort of base contracts. So we have uh, contracts with Refice and Bank, for example, across all of Europe where we work with them on innovation training and stuff like that, or Unicredit, where we look at uh, working on employee innovation and stuff like these. These are contracts that last between one and three years. Yeah. So that's one side, that's a private sector contract. On the flip side, I started to look at public sector. Now some of you who are watching this may have already done gone for tenders or things like that here in the UK, et cetera. But the biggest problem you have with uh, these tenders is If you're a small business, they're not really going to look at you. If you haven't even generated the type of income that they are offering on their contracts, they're never going to look at you. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that I started to do is rather than going in as Enterprise Lab, I was going in as Enterprise Lab under another bigger brand. So I'd go to Mm -hmm. another company and say, look, I want to go for this tender. I think we could do this tender brilliantly. Your reputation, credibility, and build along with my my value will allow us to win these contracts. And what you're doing is piece by piece, you're winning small, small contracts. Now, that's the secret of public sector contracting. Win, win small, be part of a win. The more wins you get this way, the more you become uh, credible in in public sector eyes. Because to be honest with you, public sector is very much of, we've got the money, we have absolutely no inclination of delivering. We want someone else to come in and do the work, Yeah, Yeah. okay? So this is how we started off. 10% of something is better than 100% of nothing, okay? And slowly you build your reputation up. Now today, we're a force to be reckoned with. I can go into public sector contracting and it's the other way around now. Mm. Where I was the 10 percenter, I have now got people in my expert partner network or other companies coming to me and saying, we really want to get this contract. We're not sure if we can do it. And I'm like, well, we can help you win it. Um, if we don't do any other work in it, we'll take a X percentage of your revenue win basically for helping you win it. I've got a network of uh, tender bid writers who just sit there all day long writing bids basically yep. to yeah, win. Yeah. So it's, a, it's become a world of who you know, not what you know in that respect.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, public sector contracting also then allowed me to become a little bit more fluent and because of the work that I did with the government here in the UK um, and my past sort of special advisory with David Cameron and stuff like that, I I was was able to actually use that as leverage to go and speak to other ministries and governments around the world. Mm -hmm. And this is where... Um, you're not a tendering for a public sector contract. What you're doing is you're strategizing a project and you're saying, look, this is the outcome that you're trying to reach. This is the budget you have. This is the program that we can provide you. And, you know, to cut a long story short in 2000, last, uh, last year, not last year, year before 2018 um, in September, well actually in March I went out to Thailand to, to speak for uh, the MIT um, event and, and, I met with a couple of ministers while we were at the MIT show. I then put together a proposal for them and then in September we signed a contract with two government agencies there. That contract has now manifested into a five-year contract which is worth about 75 million pounds to our business. Um, It's to work with um, uh, 5,000 businesses to help grow them through innovation. So they apply for our services They pay us for our services and the government gives them the money back. It
0: gives them the money. So what I
1: did is I went in and rather than said, oh, you've got a project, I'm going to tender for it. I went to the government and I said, you've got all this money. Let me show you how you can spend it and get a return on. Now, guess what? You've got to be able to put your money where your mouth is basically with this. So, you know, so I didn't just walk in and sign off a a five-year contract. We put in a one-year pilot clause which is which finishes in may this year so i'm off in april to thailand to to meet with the thai prime minister to then show the how our pilot has worked and behind that we've got this five year gig that's going on now so, so i guess if you're if you're you, you it doesn't matter how big or small you are we are a small company by by definition i mean yeah. i was chal- i was going up against the likes of deloitte uh, kpmg pwc these are big,
0: these are, yeah, the big four.
1: And I've, I've, I, I beat them to that contract and I'm a small, I'm a small dot in a big C compared to that. And the difference that was made there is I went in with a plan. I went in with a strategy. I went in with what I can do best. Yes. Now the, the answer again, comes back to the same thing that I said about public sector contracting, which is If you go in and you don't feel like you have the full credibility and the full weight behind you, partner up. Partner up. Partner up. And this is exactly um, what you do when you're going out to other governments and ministries. You go in, because they are. I mean, we're currently looking at a capability program with South Africa, they've got mining funds um and i'm like i can't do this on my own so we're teaming with bmw and uh, deloitte basically yep. in uh, south africa i'm currently looking at a project in q8 with uh, called the national fund we uh, we want to actually partner with a bank uh, that will a, a bit like what we did here in the uk with the startup loan scheme we created the british business bank we're going to create yeah, a yeah, Kuwaiti yeah, yeah. bank which specializes in investing Kuwaiti government money into uh, QAE businesses. But so
0: what, I, what, I, what I'm hearing you saying here is that there are few, two big lessons. One is a start small. Start with a small win. Get your name out there. Get your credibility. Get your reputation. And uh, um, if something is a bit too big that you might not be comfortable or you know that they are going to be looking at bigger businesses, then partnership, partnership, partnerships well, it is. i mean oh. absolutely right i mean yeah uh, so very very quickly i mean you you've been
1: in business for a number of years you have a reputation in the market you mm-hmm. have you have a following your credibility if if you're out there watching this right now and you are someone that's in the i don't know training space mentoring space business consulting space but you're you're not getting being able to hit home on that business services contract that you want to get I would go to a bigger firm. I would go to Simoni and I would say, is any, this is what I want to do. This is what mm-hmm. the kind of people I want. I think two heads are better than one. We could do, you could do this. I could do that. And yeah. believe me, you build small wins. You know, it's like ants. You know, the more small wins you have, the bigger it becomes. You, then it goes. you can actually move mountains with absolutely
0: so well thank you very much for all you shared so far man i'm sure that everyone who's listening or watching right now is like that they're scribbling like crazy <laughs> uh, on uh, what i'm going to do for uh, for, for this next year uh, in particular if they want to win this kind of contract so, now it's time to uh, go in the last part of the interview which is uh, lifting the veil lifting okay. the veil so what is the one thing that uh, you either like a book that you read that is worth sharing or an app that you use or a practice that you do um, what is something that can, be, uh, uh, that can change our listeners' uh, or viewers' life? So, um, look,
1: there are so many different things you can do uh, in so many different ways, from meditation to, to reading about something. The most important thing is practicing. You know, At the end of the day, you can read it to your heart's delight, but if you don't practice anything that you learn, you're never going to be able to take, uh, take it to another stage. You also need to unlearn to learn if that makes sense, you need to create a bit of capacity in the old noggin over there. You know, yeah. uh, otherwise it's not going to work. Now there are two books that I've um, I've engaged with uh, multiple times um, over the last couple of years that have really, I would not say helped me. They've they've become part of my foundation and part of the the way that I move forward. The decision, the way I make my decisions the reason I make my decisions and the reason that I'm able to do what I'm be able to do. The first one is called Principles by uh-huh. Ray Dalio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now this book, I tell you this, is so mm. well written, so simple, but mm. you know, I'll be honest with you, you can read it 10 times over. Yeah. If you don't practice any of this, you're not going to move forward. So Guys, don't just go running out and um, buy principles from Amazon or wherever. I, I'm not on. I'm not an agent of Ray Dalio's yet here, or I'm not his press agent in that particular way. Whatever you do with this book, make sure you. The one thing is take 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 it piece at a time. I'm not piece a, at a time. I'm yeah, not a big totally. reader in that particular way. I you know I can't take volumes of stuff. I take small bits, turn it upside down, inside out, and I make it. I systemize it for me. So just because Ray's written a principle doesn't mean it's my principle. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use Ray's methodology of principles to make my principle yeah
0: that, so, so such a great book highly recommend everyone to get it in the escut said just like i do one chapter at a time <laughs> um uh,
1: believe me you'll get through it very quickly and you yeah. you'll revisit it so many times
0: same same here
1: there is one one other book and this is not one that you normally would see off the cuff so it's not a tony robbins it's mm-hmm. not this it's not richard branson or anything. It's by a guy called Matthew Said and it's called Rebel Ideas. Mm-hmm. Now Rebel Ideas, is a, it's, a, it's a whole way of diverse thinking, okay? You see, we are programmed to think in a particular way. We, we uh, I've always said in my keynotes and everything, there's more than one answer to any one question, okay? Yeah. But the, the thing for you to be able to think differently comes from this whole way of, um, bringing diverse, diverse thinking in. And what Matthew has done in this book is he's created a series of case studies of events that have happened in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And he's showed how a diversion in thinking has changed the, and altered the, the the things that come in life. And what's interesting is people, most times what you learn from this book is most, most times that you make that change in your thinking and the change in your action, you don't even know where it's going to take you. No. See, the problem is with us is we're too regimented. We think of right, this is exactly what it's gonna look like, exactly what it's gonna feel like, and I'm gonna take this action. It's like weight loss, people look at weight loss and they're like, you know what? I'm gonna stop doing this and in six weeks I'm gonna have a a flat stomach. And guess what? They get to eight weeks and their stomach's bulging more than than it was before, (laughs) you know, and and why? And I go, well, it was Christmas, duh. No, (laughs) my point being with the book uh, is, it's a, it's a, not a read for you to, uh, um, practice from. It's a, it's a read for you to understand that, you know, I, I, as a disruptor, I think very differently and I catched on, you know, I latched onto so many different things here. I'm thinking, well, why wouldn't you do this instead of that? It's always good looking at things from yeah. but it's a learning curve for anyone out there to think, what could I think of differently or how should I think of a situation differently? Um, because there are more ways to, to the answer than the way you're just looking at
0: it. Well, th- thank you. Thank you for sharing. So um, uh, we have principles from Ray Dalio and uh, this Matthew one. Matthew Said's Rebel Ideas. Rebel Ideas, uh, Matthew Saeed. The link are going to be in the show notes. So guys, um, make sure you get the books. Uh, there is no affiliation, no affiliate links. These are some really good resources, uh, some really good resources for you. Mm. Ketan, what an interview. Oh my God, like it's been, uh, it's been so great. Tashi base after probably about like a year, year plus yeah. but we haven't had a proper conversation so it was great catching up um thank you My for point. sharing your your wisdom from uh um operating from the trenches like you have been living and breathing everything you have been sharing today so uh, what is a uh, someone wants to reach out to you wants to get in touch with you what are the best ways
1: so i'm i am on all socials you can find me on facebook um i i I kind of live more social on Facebook these days than than anything else. Uh, LinkedIn's a great way to catch up with me um, and find me. Um, you can come through the website um, and get in touch if there's anything that we
0: can help you with. Uh, what's the uh, website?
1: EnterpriseLab.co.uk. So EnterpriseLab.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a loads of things coming up in um, you know this year um, in terms of we're going to be out in more events and and doing a lot more physical um uh, activities with uk entrepreneurs and stuff like that so look you know if you just want to come and have a chat hang out you know come and find me you know i'm not i'm 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 always looking for someone to have a have a conversation with half the time when i'm not doing anything (laughs) Um, and 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 look if there's anything that we can do to help um that's that's what we're here for so remember 10 percent of something is better than 100 percent of nothing
0: here we go. Thank you very much, Ketan. Thank you. And uh, guys, make sure you uh, check him out. Uh, all these uh, all these social media links are in the show notes. Website is in the show notes. So make sure you hit him up. And also, um, if you've been listening to this episode or you've been watching, then uh, share with him um, what was some yeah. of the biggest takeaway. Um, you know, we do these interviews, uh, but uh, there is, uh, sh- share with him, uh, reach out to him, say, this is what something I've learned from you that I'm going to apply. So thank you. It really goes a long way. So please do that. Ketan, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next episode. And remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show note. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.